Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Bota Worldviews Culture um, with your host, Leonita, Albanian American Perspective. On today's episode, I have a very special guest. Most of you will probably know her because she is so cool and awesome. And she is a singer. She's a I, I feel like I just want to call you like a badass woman. I don't know why. Like that's like the vibes I get when I think of you. Um, and recently she's she's a mom of two and she's really going out and being an entrepreneur, but a mom as well and kind of balancing that all out. So we're going to get into talking to Lady Vokshi. Hello and welcome. Yay. Hello. I'm so excited. This is my first official podcast. I'm so excited <laughs> to have you here. Thank you for being here. Yes, this is amazing. I can't wait to go down and deep and you can call me a badass. <laughs> it's perfectly fine. <laughs> in the best way possible. <laughs> in the best way. There's so many titles that I've had in my life, you know, another title is badass. It's okay. I'll take it. <laughs> Because I was like just watching some of your um, music videos that you've done and I was like watching them. I'm like, oh, girl. Okay, girl. Okay. <laughs> You're, going. You're doing it. I, I really love it, it. It's so weird actually coming from like when I see myself and the shift that I have done in my life and I even watch them like, wow, that was a whole lifetime ago. What was I doing? Or now I have this new thing. I go up, I review my Instagram sometimes or Facebook or even YouTube. And I say, what was the author trying to say with this? So I try to see what I was trying to say, because back in the days when people say, remember, whatever you do, your kids are going to see it one day. And I say, what's the problem with this? It's pretty cool. So now I look at it with an eye of what was I doing? Is it still Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was thinking to ask you that exact question, actually, when we got into it, like, how do you feel about watching your videos back and kind of like, um, seeing yourself, you know, when you were younger, because when we're younger, we feel like free, and we just feel like we could do anything we want. And um, sometimes you're just like, Oh, shoot, like, even with anything like fashion sense or anything, you're like, Oh, my God, like, what was I wearing? Or why did I do this? Or I mean, it was, it was such a cool experience in life, especially like the music part of my life, being able to travel the world for free and getting paid on top of that and really seeing what's out there in the world and also being able to experiment like different um, fashion styles because I would go from New York to Albania, Australia, London. So you kind of like, you have to also fit in with the crowd you're seeing. And I would always get the advice of, Remember, the Albanians in London are different from the Albanians in New York. The Albanians in Albania are different from Albanians in Australia. So you would also have to like shift your style, your sense of humor to where you were also performing because you also wanted to make sure that you're not disrespecting anybody there with your style, with crazy hair that I used to have or crazy fashion or most of all, crazy, crazy dance moves. I do miss the six pack for the crazy dance move. Wow. <laughs> That's so fun though, that you experienced that. And, you know, I want to retract a little bit, like rewind and kind of tell me a little bit about your background, like kind of where you guys are from, like your family's originally from too. 
So we are from Duras. Our origins are from Kosovo, the Vokshis of Kosovo. So dad's origins are from Jakob and mom's are from border of Belgian Pay. And uh, we're from Dursi. Parents were born here and we moved to New York when I was 11 years old, a long time ago. <laughs> so without really touching upon my age, I've been there for 26 years. So whoever can do the calculations is perfectly fine. Um, but yeah, um, New York raised at heart. I got into music pretty early age in my life. And um, I think that's what made me grow up a little faster and started working a little faster. So it just feels like a very, very long time. Tell us a little bit about your music and, um, you know, when you first started singing, like when was that? Funny, the fact that my first song ever was recorded in Michigan. Okay. Nice. I went, oh wait, I, I was going to school for classical opera, loving it. And I was taking private lessons for Albanian music with Marita Halidi, <laughs> idol to this day. She's like my favorite person in the whole wide world. And I've always wanted to be a mom like her, such a cool mom, cool relationship. And um, I met a singer from Michigan, a hip hop artist, a little older in age, who had come to New York and was trying to promote his album. And his name was Vagabondi. And he was from Duras. And um, he gave me this tape that he had worked so hard. And apparently in Michigan in that time, he was very known. And he said, hey, I did the song and, and I'm talking about the girls from Duras and this and that. And I listened to it and I'm like, it's really offensive. And he said, what would you do different? And I said, well, you can't keep going with the same remix of the song. You should really put hop on a girl there and do like a girl version of, if you're going to offend the girls, have a shot for a girl to offend the guys and make it more of a joke instead of somebody taking it serious and the next day I get a phone call from his manager and he said lady we got you a ticket um can you make it to LaGuardia airport and come record the song and it was like one of those things like what the hell do I know about hip-hop Albanian hip-hop so believe it or not I don't like missing opportunities <laughs> it's like one of those things that if it feels right do it go for it do it I hop onto that flight. I went to Michigan. On the way to Michigan, I'm, I'm going over the lyrics. I'm like, I'm freaking out. I'm about to record hip hop. I have no idea how to sing, rap. I don't, I mean, mm -hmm. opera, yes, you know, but hip hop, got there. We record the song. I did not hear about what happened to the song um, in a period of time, maybe over a year. Oh. And I happened to come to Albania and I was sitting at a coffee shop and I hear my song playing in the background. And apparently the song had been released out here in radios. Back then it was only one TV station that had music. Um, all these other big name TV stations didn't exist then. And it was playing everywhere. My first official Albanian song and it was super, super hit here. And, but nobody knew who it was. Yeah. Everybody knew yeah. the song. So that's how I kind of said, okay, I have this opportunity in music. Um, the song is already out there. It's made the charts. It's a big boom. You know what? I should step aside from my classical music and trying to kind of pursue the open market of Albanian music, the Albanian industry. Mm. Wow. That's a big jump from opera singing to like uh, hip hop and rap. That, that is interesting. 
Um, very confusing. It's very confusing, especially since I was also trying to learn the popolore aspect of it. So going from like classical music and then rehearsed in popolore, and then now I get into hip hop and like there's a lot of going on. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How old were you when this happened? This was before I was 20 years old. Wow. That was a long, long time ago. And it's so funny because even today I was sitting with a few uh, uh, big Albanian names and um, one of them is uh, a singer background. And I said, veterans, like <laughs> over 15 years now, the, you know, there, there was no, those, these TVs, didn't, these shows didn't exist, you know? And believe it or not, to this day, the song is still played and heard out here. What is the name of the song? So it's called Tuna Situ Dursika Plot. Oh, I haven't heard of it, but I'm sure it's out there. It's only can be found in Albania right now. It's like you can't... no, it's on it's on YouTube. I, I we post it and take it off and post it and take it off, but it's on YouTube and uh, you know it's one of those things like Albanian hip hop female artists. Wow. So it was a big taboo back in the days to like really be um, yeah. in the Albanian industry doing that. Mm -hmm. But also after that, I kind of took more of the the pop industry instead of the hip hop industry. Because obviously, you know, we try to, we tend to take more of the easier route where we could fill in or we see the gap is open because the, the hip hop industry is very hard for female artists, especially mm -hmm. over 15 plus years ago like the music industry of being a woman and hip hop, like what, what is some difficulties of being just, you know, in that industry, especially in Albania? I can't speak about it now, but the times that I used to come here and invest and think of it more of the aspect of a business, like a music industry business, um, and with my strategies of how it should go and how it should be market, it was more of, investments had to be all done out of your pocket, one. And two, you had to know people who knew people to get you to the right connections. So I would come here with the pocket full. <laughs> um, I would find or hunt down the people who knew the people who knew the people, just didn't work as an actual music industry that I would thought it work. Like, like a business-wise where you're investing something, time, money, presence, you're doing everything yourself, but then the outcome would equivalent either equal or more because for zero, I would just stay in New York and not come here. Um, the fun of it is a lot of fun, but also being a female, uh, there was a lot of questions to be taken then, you know, always travel in. I always traveled with my mom or my brother and they would joke around. Do you ever come by yourself? No. <laughs> because traveling by yourself, from, from, for example, from Duras to Skoda, or there has been moments we've traveled to Chin for a couple hours to sing and, and at night. And then I would drive back home because I didn't feel comfortable staying at a hotel because I didn't know the hotel. I just felt comfortable coming back home. But it was it was tough. The strong ones who stayed in it and persistently stayed here um, and put their foot down, like either make it or break it. You know, I'm so proud of them, how far they have made it. For the rest, which is one uh, the other rest is I include myself in it, that had options of going back home to US and working other jobs or making money every time money ran out. You know, it became more of a hobby where 
every time, every few months, I'd come back home, invest in a song, pick up a few concerts, and then go back home. It wasn't something that, you know, it was a business for me, it became a hobby. And I can see it being really difficult. I mean, even here, there's struggling artists, there's um, musicians that are still have that passion, and they're really good, but it's just finding that right connection, or that right person or that right recording person or whatever it is to really push push you off into where you want. But I, I kind of like the idea of still doing something that you enjoy and that you're really good at and just going for it, you know, no matter what, like, how, like, how do you feel about that? I just, whoever stays in it, regardless of how, how good you are or not, you have to stay on it 24 seven, eat, live, breathe, eat, live, breathe. And then that little percent that makes it is because they forgot to eat. They forgot to breathe that one moment. And it is, it's not always opportunity or luck. It's just all the hard work that they're putting on it. Consistency, consistency, consistency doesn't stop. You know, I personally stopped every time, like I said, because I didn't have anyone else. I didn't know who could invest or how, how the market would go there. So investing out of your pocket, money runs out. So you have to look for other options. And as you're looking for other options and opportunities, like going back home and working to make an income to invest again, you're missing that boat where other people are putting a step forward, a foot forward, two feet forward, because they're already here. And, and if I were to be here and not go back home, then I would also have other opportunities, but no one was going to call me back in New York and say, Hey lady, I have a concert for you. Can you travel to Albania for one show? And you're like, I did my calculations. Yeah. I love to sing, but when the landlord knocks on that door, he still needs to get paid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love music. It would be part of me for the rest of my life, but it was an opportunity that I'm so grateful for. And I'll never take it away from my life, but something that it had to stop for, for, for now it has to stop. Mm-hmm. So what was it that made you always come back to the U.S.? you always came back. Was there, is it because your family? I have my family there. That's one of it. Second of it, the opportunities. There's so much more opportunities in New York. And third of all, there's something about New York that beats different within your heart. And I guess unless you're from New York, you don't know it, but I've tried, I've stayed in Australia two and a half months. I've been in London. I've been so many places in the world. And when I come back in New York, and I'll never forget that one time I came back in New York, I had missed the rush of New York, the people fighting, screaming at each other, rude, rude, rude. And I land in JFK and I'm coming out of the flight. I see two people fighting each other that worked at the airport, like verbally screaming. And I stopped and tears came out of my eyes and said, I'm home. I'm in New York. And as crazy as it sounds, I don't know why it is. It's just that rush of it, that speed of it, that that fact that if I'm there, whatever I want to do, I could achieve it quickly, mm-hmm. fast, rushing through it. And I feel like Europe is very patient and kind and calm and stress-free. And that's something I didn't grow up with. <laughs> yeah. that, that, that being in the car while you're having coffee and fixing your mascara and honking the horn and you know, 
all those crazy things that happen in the States, like the survival of the fittest, it's something that you miss when you're out in Europe. It's good to enjoy it a couple of months. Or right now I've been out in Europe for about a week and I'm dying for a little bit of New York, a little bit of home. I love my country. I love my city. But I don't, I want, I want people running and, and chasing their dreams. I don't want anybody to go at slow pace. How you were saying how, you know, there's people like pursuing things here. And I mean, there is the opportunity, which is, you know, America, the dream, right? <laughs> to have those opportunities. Anything you do, there's still going to be some kind of struggle. You still have to work hard, you know, whether you're there or here. That's what I think a lot of people forget as well. And I'm probably just going on a tangent here. But, you know, people from Albania come in like, oh, I'm coming to America and everything is going to be easy and everything is going to be handed to me. And that's not always necessarily the case. You still have to work hard and have a good work ethic. Um, I feel like that's that's what you have. You have like a really strong work ethic. That's what the, I get from you. I started working my first job when I was 13 years old. And then I didn't stop. I don't think I ever stopped after that. It's just, uh, you become a workaholic, but it, it wasn't only just because of work. It was because I consistently changed positions or jobs after a while after I got used to doing it. And I wanted to do something more that was a challenge. I like challenges. And if I sit somewhere and I, I hang out with people or I, I, I have a conversation with people and they have no ambition, no challenges, no goals. And to me, it's just, am I wasted? It, get, it gets me to think, am I wasting my time sitting here? What could I have been doing with this moment? And it's just that a shifting of mindset to Europe. It's more of a fun, fun work kind of environment. They wake up in the morning, they're happy. They go to drink their espresso, you know, maybe a shot, see their friend, conversate for a few minutes, and then they head to work. So their mind is fun, fun, and then work. And then when it comes to the States, it's more of a work, work, fun. We really work crazy. We do a second job if we can. But when that weekend comes, mm -hmm. it's worth the while because we really enjoy it. And we have so much opportunities that we could pursue. And we see so much more out there because of the environment. Because we all, it's always around us and we want to pursue it. And here, sometimes people don't see the opportunities. Or for some people, it really isn't opportunities. Mm. Because I'm kind of the person who likes to always be in the middle because I'm always like seeing both sides. So I'm always like, why can't I have that, the mix of the European work ethic and the American and mix it together where I just like chill, hang out, but I still get my work done and I can move through the day. I don't know. Why can't we have a balance of those two worlds? It's hard. So people were born for certain things. I don't think I was born to relax, you know? I could be in the middle of the most beautiful country in the world where there's only things to relax, to do, and I'm always thinking of something to work myself up in and, you know, plan and work on and my head is going. It's just, you're either this way or that way or in between. There's no other ways, you know? You either could relax 
And it's just all depends on your personal personality. I, I don't think I was born to relax. I can't relax. There's so much to accomplish. There's so much to do. There's so much I want to do in life that I can't relax. And if I do relax, it's going to stress me out. Why am I relaxing? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Is it wrong? Maybe. <laughs> it could be wrong. I don't know. But this is what I know. You know, for someone else is different, but this is what I know. And I like it. Mm-hmm. So where do you see yourself now? Where in a career wise or in that sense? So I've kind of turned into what they call these days, the mom entrepreneur. So this is the title they've given me. <laughs> so about four yeah. years ago, I shifted into starting building a business with my husband together. And he has one department of the business. I have one department of the business. So it's more of like a collaboration together. And, you know, uh, so we don't have to argue. <laughs> and um, we're a very motivating couple and we challenge each other a lot. So it was shifting into the mindset of this kind of business. I went in, we went into the IT industry. He's been in the IT industry for about 17 years. And it was fresh for me getting into the IT industry, but I was still just doing the fact of business development and marketing part of it, not IT. So getting into the IT industry, getting pregnant, returning back to school after 17 years kind of all happened at the same time. And it was literally survival of the fittest. (laughs) I don't know what I was getting myself into, but I liked it. It was such adrenaline. It was such a rush. I had no time to complain because I just had to do things. I had to learn things. And along the way, you're like, wow, I was missing all this all along. I really was missing all this all along. This wasn't my first business. I had opened previously multiple uh, businesses, invested in other people's businesses. I either broke even or I profited some or failed in some, you know, but I tried all different kinds of businesses. And this wasn't the fact that was IT. It was the fact of, it was solutions for businesses. It was really helping. So you're, you're not really selling any products. You really just find a solution for a business to grow and to succeed. So the people that you're dealing with are all business owners that love so much something that they're doing, but technology has hit and now they're stuck. Mm-hmm. Ah. They need to know how to grow with technology. So it's like helping a human being, help, helping a business that they, a baby that they raised. This was their business. And I'm such a people person and I love helping. So, and that's why I fell in love with this kind of business, helping business owners, you know, grow their business in the new era, the new yeah. digital era. Mm. But at the same time, I also had to be a mom and a wife. (laughs) So uh, so we decided for me to work remotely, um, to work from home at the same time as, you know, take care of the kids and be a wife. You have to still be a wife no matter what. So um, that's where I fell into the whole mom entrepreneurship because I saw opportunities. I went in there, business after business, projects after projects, and then work also the kids schedule mm. that must be very challenging because you know I'm just thinking here myself 
um, it's not easy to have to manage, you know, a business and doing all that and still, you know, taking care of the kids. How did you manage your time in, in that way? Like, what did you have a plan, like a structured routine and everything? To be able to work from home, be a mom and work from home and hold meetings. I think that was the hardest part, hold meetings. Um, while one is crying, the other one needs to get changed. So a very strict schedule, structure and time management. Everything had to fall in place at the right time, the right moment. There was no skipping a minute for the kids to go to sleep or nap time or changing pampers because you only have a certain amount of minutes before you hop on a call or um, meetings have to be around nap time or kids screen time or when you feel like kids are tired enough like taking them to a park uh, especially my almost two-year-old taking him to the park or outside and letting him run around and running around with him for an hour because I know in an hour and a half I have a very important meeting and he has to be quiet did it always work out well absolutely not but most of the time it worked out well you know when once they got used to it there was plenty of times that, you know, you're either breastfeeding on camera or pumping or crazy things are happening or you got dressed from here on, uh, from the from the waist up and not from the bottom down and you move on camera and they see you wearing sweatpants or the kid is grabbing your hair and screaming and you turn around and say, hey, I'm a mom and I work from home. Whatever crazy things you see, please, it has to be normal. It's the new normal. I can't do it. And it turns more into like, I understand, man, I understand, girl, you know, whoever you're talking to, regardless of what gender they are, they also feel it because they're either wife is complaining about the same thing, or they know somebody that is complaining about the same thing, because mm -hmm. it happens, we're human beings, and we're trying to juggle everything, but the most important, important meetings, you know, we're always scheduled around nap time and that nap had to happen on that minute. <laughs> no ifs, yeah. ends, or buts. <laughs> I get, I, I feel that so much lately because I've never had to really go through the whole, like I was never at home to work or to take care of my kids at the same time until obviously last year. And I've been at working from home as well and having the kids and all this stuff. And I'm just like, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> this is impossible. <laughs> it's hard, man. It's, it's a hard thing. It is hard. It's not, do not doable. It's hard. It is really, really hard. But we also had babies. Like, how hard can it be? We're able to, to make a human inside the, our body. Like, when I stop and think of things like that, or when I'm, when I'm complaining sometimes, my husband looks at me, um, you had a baby and I'm like, wow, you're right. <laughs> you build a baby in your stomach. I'm like, okay, okay. I understand now, yeah. you know, because we all have that moment, especially for moms, like such a guilty, like the mom guilt. How many times have I gone to the car to get five minutes away from everybody just to breathe? And those five minutes, I probably four and a half of those minutes, I cried. I can't believe I did this to my children. I, I left them inside and I needed some me time for those 30 seconds of just breathing in and out. It's okay. Like, because we don't get a lot of time to go to the restroom by ourselves. 
That's what I'm saying. I'm like, we, I feel like at that, in those instances, you, you know, moms already put their themselves last anyways, but then being a working mom, taking care of the child all at the same time, it just puts another extra pressure on you. And then it puts you even more on the bottom of the totem pole, you know, cause you're like, well, I have to feed everybody first and I have to do all these meetings first. And then I can see if I'm hungry or I have to go to the bathroom. And it's just, in a way, I, I don't know if I really like that kind of pressure that the society is building upon women lately, because it's beautiful. You, we get to work, you're like, oh, you get to work from home, you're home. Like, why should you be complaining? You know, but then it's like, yeah, I work from home, but I'm working and I'm taking care of kids and cleaning the house. And it just, it builds up, you know, over time. I mean, I think only women can do this because women are so good at multitasking. I don't think a man is able to, <laughs> but it's just, no, a man is able to, but why would they do it when a woman could do it for them? My husband, my husband at the moment is in Dominican Republic with my six month old child. And he's attending meetings with a six month old child strapped around him. Mm. There's absolutely no problem. It's yeah. doable. It's manageable if they have to do it. But if there's an option that we could just do it and take that load off their shoulder and just let them work then they're okay with it and also a lot that I see is the fact is we're so grateful and thankful for a man to take care of his child to give us five minutes because they took the kids from us and uh, yes we should be grateful but hyping it up so much it's also part of their job and duty because they're not the babysitter. <laughs> They're not a neighbor that would just ask for a favor. That, that's the parent, you know? Uh, that's something also within the relationship that you work on. The fact of this is, we're in this together. You should see when I'm about to have a nervous breakdown or a hard day, and you should step right in and, and take control of it because I don't want to wear myself out, you know? And then shift in certain moments of the day where one holds a little bit more priority in the kids than the other one and the other one focuses on something else I mean if I can't complain because I have a, a wonderful husband but then when you think about how women do it as single mothers can't even imagine it I always say that to myself I don't know like they do it and they do it and they work so hard and they're so positive you know a lot of I've met a lot of single women and and they say, hey, they, they got to do what they got to do. They're not stopping to think about what's the problem. They just keep on going, keep on going, keep on going to find a way out and to feel, to feel better and to raise that child in, in better terms. Mm. You know, it's doable. It's doable. It's just being able to figure out the priorities. Mm -hmm. Routines, so important. It's so important. Uh, working with time working with, with a, a strict schedule, um, priorities, like you need self, self-care. I'd never thought how much you needed it till now I wake up an hour before, before the children. It sounds crazy. Cause I said, I don't want to be one of those women. I do meditation. I do meditation. Maybe I can't sit on the floor and do that whole look that, you know, everybody else does, but I put it on my AirPods. Yeah. And I lock myself in the restroom. If I can, if somebody is up already 
or uh, before the kids are up and I go to the living room, enjoy, try to enjoy my cup of coffee, try um, and listen to it for 15 minutes. But it's so helpful to me, mm. so helpful because it's, it's me time in the morning or before after the kids go to sleep. It's such a guilty conscience about the kids go to sleep now, prepare for tomorrow, uh, do the schedule for, for work for tomorrow, clean the dishes, do this, do this. And then no matter what, I slow down and say before bedtime, I need some me time. So it's helped me a lot lately. Also the morning me time, but also at night me time. So mm -hmm. at night, I usually do like a few pages of reading or, you know, reading some articles that are not going to hype up or, you know, increase my blood pressure, but really like calm me down. <laughs> I yeah. try to stay away from like finance articles because the numbers get into my head. Mm. <laughs> but that's something like something relaxing that I, I could enjoy reading and just go to sleep. You know, we are going to have a guilty conscience as mothers. That's really good. I really need to start doing that myself too, because I am so bad at that. Some days just go and like, you're just like, I don't know what happened today. And you're just crazy. So having a big routine is, it's important, but I don't know. I struggle with it. <laughs> it's sticking to it. If it didn't work out on Monday to start it on Tuesday, instead of saying, I'm going to start it again next Monday. Mm -hmm. You know, if it didn't work out Tuesday or sometimes it works Monday, Tuesday, by Wednesday, it's, I'm already going crazy because it's not working. It worked two days, but it's not working the third day. But then I have to get up again, try to be strict with it. You know, I set reminders on my Apple Watch as reminders on my phone, you know, everything, everything, every 15 minutes or every 30 minutes, something changes as reminders until I get used to it. Mm. The routine that I have set up lately that has worked so well for me is besides the self-care for myself in the morning, anyone could have 15 minutes, even though if I have to push myself to wake up earlier than the kids, like I said, doesn't always happen, but a lot of times it happens and works out. Also, the fact of that I drop, when Aiden has daycare, I drop off Aiden to daycare and I come home and try to take care of Jaden. I put into play and my first thought is, okay, I have some free time now before starting work. Let me get to the kitchen, the dishes, mm -hmm. the living room. And my energy and my, because at that time, as I'm trying to clean, my brain is going and when I'm done, I'm already tired. My brain's exhausted. Physically, I'm exhausted. I can't sit up behind the desk and really work effectively. So what I try to do now is the change of the routine. I do most of it during the night. Mm -hmm. So when I wake up in the morning, everything pretty much is done. And then even if I see those two dishes in the sink that I want to get to it. I say, no, I'm not going to do it. If this is the hardest to do, I'm going to execute this first. I'm not going to move until I finish that and then do the easier work later on in the afternoon. And this was a trick that I've learned from one of my coaches. I used to do my to-do list, check, 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 yeah. check, all the easy five-minute things that we could do. And I used to feel like I accomplished so much out of the day. Mm -hmm. Afternoon would roll around. Now I'm so exhausted that I have to still cook dinner. I have to pick up a child from daycare. The other one needs some more playtime. And I have these exhausting tasks to still do that are not easy to do. Or, or the joke about how every mom every night has a hard time picking what's for dinner because we leave it till the end. We leave it to the end of the day. We're already exhausted. <laughs> 
it just put in certain things earlier in the morning to get it out of the way and to have it easier. So shifting your schedule around time management routine, that strict structure has to be, and then take care of yourself because if you can't take care of yourself, you can't do anything right during the day. So you're saying that you're working with a coach. What kind of coach um, are you working with? So I have an amazing coach um, called Jess Glazer and we're building a program that I'll be launching in April. So I will be helping moms start online businesses without missing playtime. Oh, what? So I want to turn from a mom to a mom entrepreneur, but with no excuses about them saying, I wasn't there for my child. I didn't have time because the child was around. There's no excuses to it. It'll be focused on on mom life, on business. Uh, I'm very excited. I'm also working with a mindset coach. It's just an amazing thing that we're doing very intensively, very on track with it. I can't push it any longer. Uh, I've had, I think I've had so much experiences, like I said, with businesses mm-hmm. <laughs> in and out so many years and so many different kinds of businesses. And plus being able with Voltec um, to accomplish what we have accomplished in the last four years. I really want to share that all the strategies that I've used with myself multiple times to find that one winning way that works. Mm -hmm. And I want to be able to have other people implement that, but also find their own way how to put it in the right place. Yeah, It's so important because 10 people could do it the same way as you do, but it's somebody who I feel attached to tells me the way that they tell me how to implement. Yeah. That's the winner. Mm-hmm. It's just how you tell me and, and how you're able to gain my focus and how comfortable I am to trust you or believe you that you can really help me build a business, but really still be a mom. It's mm-hmm. so important for me to be a mom. It's so important for me not to miss certain moments out of the day, out of my kid's life, you know, with the saying that, wow, mama went to work. I didn't see you eight hours. I don't think I'd ever be able to do that now. Mm. seeing a different lifestyle, seeing that I could actually really work from home and, and, you know, have my little office, but still at the same time, be next to my children, not miss that smile of them and build something for myself. Yeah, It's such a great feeling, especially 2021. It's such a year for, for everyone. 2020 was such an eye-opening if people have to take that opportunity and go with it. 2021, yeah. that, that offices are luxury. Nothing wrong with that. Offices are luxury. Mm. You could work from home. You could be successful. You don't have to complain. Like, what is keeping up my moms? Like, I say my moms because they're my friends. These are my girlfriends. These are, these are my, my followers. What's keeping them up at night? Like, what are they thinking about? And then I turn around and say, hey, what was I thinking about? Yeah. I was thinking about, I want to be a mom because from my tradition, from my background, it's so important for you to have a family and have kids and be a mom and be there for your kids. Make sure you're there for your kids. Make sure you're a wife to your husband. Mm -hmm. Make sure you do the cooking and cleaning, preferably three times a day. At the same time, I'm sitting there and said, I'm a working machine. I've been working since I was 13 years old. Mm -hmm. There's more to life than just be a mom. I love being a mom, but there's more to life than just being a mom. 
You can still be a mom and accomplish your dreams. You know, we all want to do something because we're all staying up at night and say, what if I did this? What if I did that? You know, what if I, I wish I found some time for this? And we could all do that just, just by using the right tools and, and implementing the right things in our life. When you're going to be doing this program, is it like a one-on-one kind of thing where you're talking to people one-on-one or is it something that's already structured and they just go to it? So the one-on-one I've tried multiple times. It doesn't work as effectively as if when you put a community together. I could tell you, start a business, A, B, C, follow. A, B, C. By the time you get to B, you already asked somebody else or you Googled something else and you already went back A because you don't think that A is good enough and you start doubting yourself, Mm. self-doubt. Or someone else has, for example, a podcast and are they doing their podcast different? Um, Are they uh, on social media doing something different? So instead of focusing on you and building you, you're worried about everything else or if you're doing it right. Mm-hmm. So I think personally, it's not working out for certain people. But if I put in a room together, certain people, it's like having family, you know, if your family really understood you and said, I support you hundred percent, right? We come from a background where the family is always going to say, back in the days, my way was like this. And then we're going to have that fan that goes back in the days, my way was this. And everybody's way is not the way that you have it. So you have to set a certain culture for yourself, but build a certain community and put everybody else in that community and say, hey, we're all going to stand for this. We're all going to try this. Mm-hmm. If it worked for me, it's going to work for you. It's going to work because not only I support you, but now you have a whole community who wants to do the same thing and they're all going to support you, build you. We're all going to build together. Mm-hmm. And then that, because you have somebody to turn around to, I feel like I belong to community. I want other people to also have a community and a place to turn around to instead of say, I'm alone in this. We all have struggles. Yeah. I don't want them to feel alone. It will be a group of only a certain amount of uh, number of women in that group. And besides practicing the strategies and supporting each other and shifting our mindset and motivation at the same time as we're doing all this, it's the milestones into growing the business. Love that. That's exciting. Oh my God. This is going to be really good and nice. And it is going to help a lot of women, you know, moms out there to find that balance in their lives where they can still be that mom and still pursue, you know, whatever career or business that they want to do. And it's so important to have that community and build that community with each other because it really is important. Like you said, we can't do it alone. And when we're just alone, we just get stuck in our heads and maybe we're trying to find things, you know, on internet or whatever. But when you get a chance to sit down and talk to a group of people and see their experiences and see what they've done, everyone gets to learn. Everyone gets to grow together, which I think is so wonderful. So that's awesome. I can't wait for that to come out. I'm so excited. I've done so much market research so much surveys, so much looking around for it. Everyone has its own way. But finding a way that works, it's so important. And it's not my way. Mm. And it's it's not my way because I can't say, you know, I've heard, uh, I go back and forth with family members about even raising kids. 
Like, this is not the way to raise it. This is how you raise it. It's just, okay, I'm going to ask 10 of you, how do I raise kids? I'll make every single one of you happy and try your method. If it doesn't work, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. But I have to find my own way. Yeah. We know we have to raise kids. We know we have to feed them, bathe them. The same thing as business. Business is a kid. We know we have to feed it, invest in it. <laughs> we know we have to bathe it and, and keep it going and going and going yeah. from crawling to walking. And it takes time and patience, you know? But if you're a single mom, if you're alone in your business and no one understands you or supports you, it's very hard. It's very hard. But if you feel like it's turned around and pick up your phone or uh, go into the platform where your community is there and say, hey, I'm struggling with this. Yeah. And somebody's going to answer you. You have someone who's there for your best interest because they're going through the same thing you're going and that's their interest. And I think that's just, just wonderful for women to be able to support and uplift each other. We've put ourselves last so long about the kids, this, the laundry, that. It really is time that if we put ourselves priority and we take care of ourselves, we have a lot more energy we have a lot more motivation just to go through the day and being able to conquer even more mm. than we already do now. I still crave to do a lot more. It is crazy, but I still crave to do a lot more because I say, hey, there's also this thing that I wanted to do and then I want a certification for this and I want to learn this and I, I'm addicted to knowing more, yeah. learning more, mm-hmm. addicted to knowledge because every time you learn more, you have more, you see more opportunities, your eyes open. And why should we stop at the fact that we're mothers now? Yeah. Now it's the time for us to go even harder because we're mothers. We stand for something. We stand for us. I'm, I'm lady. I'll always be lady. But also one day I won't be, people won't know me as Lady Vokshi. People will know me as Jaden's mom or Aiden's mom. And I want to make sure that when they're saying, that's my mom, my mom gave it her all and she did something for her instead of, yeah, my mom came, dropped me off at daycare and she went home and she cooked and cleaned. That's perfectly fine for women who do. I have so much respect for the stay-at-home moms because I do both. <laughs> I have so much respect because having to do dishes over and over and over then and clean and clean and clean, God bless them. God bless them. Yeah. But it's not for me personally. It's for me because I like working do I still have to do it yes I still have to do it <laughs> but priority is taking care of the kids making sure her husband is good yeah should I put him to priority a second yes of course I will <laughs> work and then worry about the dishes because if I worry about the dishes first they never end if I worry about the laundry that laundry I think I, I still have not today met a mom who does not complain about laundry yeah <laughs> I swear I cannot stand laundry I'm like why is this always why is there I'm gonna throw everyone everyone's gonna have two pairs of shirts and that's it <laughs> one color only whites allowed only exactly. whites are allowed. <laughs> how about I tell you this if you implement doing laundry twice a week instead of once a week mm. twice a week laundry day when that basket of laundry comes, you can't put it down. We have to put it right away. Fold it and put it away. That's the key. Just get it out right away. 
second it sits there, it starts getting wrinkled. It never, for some reason, makes it to a pile, to another pile, to the dirty ones on top of the clean ones. I don't know what we do, but it's happened often where those piles are unbearable. I can't find my bed and should I put them on the floor because now yeah. I'm too tired. But if you do them twice a week, mm. and then as, as soon as you take it out, whatever you're doing, separate into them. I usually put it now on the bed and I separate in sections, little baby, big baby, mine, my husband and others. Mm. Smart. Yeah. Just makes it easier to fold. And then mm. I push myself that I can't do anything else. I can't scroll through that Instagram. <laughs> I can't see who DM me until I finish it. Because if I don't do that, forget it. At laundry, we'll be sitting there for a week and a half or two weeks or maybe until I go on vacation. <laughs> That's a great way to do it. Because then you see it, it's all like laid out flat. It's not like in a pile where you don't know what's in, in there. It's all like, you know what's there. So it's kind of do it a lot quicker because they're sort of organized. It's a strategy of big tasks broken down to smaller tasks. So why don't we have a one-year goal, three-year goal, five-year goal? So if you have a one-year goal, for example, we divide it into, okay, what do we accomplish in these quarters, four quarters, this month, this week, to get into that one-year goal? The same thing with laundry. If we have so many loads of laundry, it takes forever to get to it. But if we break it down into smaller sections, for example, this child, that child, mm -hmm. the husband, then you say, you know what? I'm going to get rid of the husbands. Okay, it's done. Oof, I accomplished one goal. And then you feel like, wow, I could do the second one, third one. Mm -hmm. It just, it, it's in your mind. It's in our mind. The second that we see a pile of it, you're like, ah, we can't do this. <laughs> yes, it's true. Yeah. I've found, I've also put a, myself a jar that I have in my, oof, I'm, I'm giving you too much now. <laughs> Give me all your tips and secrets. <laughs> hey. <laughs> so I have, I'm a big fan of post-its and every task that needs to be done, like regularly at around the house, like clean out the closet or, you know, um, anything that has to do with, with cleaning around the house, I put them in post-its and I fold it and I put it in a jar. Hmm. So every day. I pick, put my hand in there and I pick one thing and I say, this has to be done. So if it's in the vacuuming or mopping, one big task a day to get it done. And because my post had said so, I have to get it done and That's then put it back cool. in there. Awesome. So it's like, instead of saying today is cleaning day, for some reason, that cleaning day for me never stops. That's Saturday. I'm cleaning Saturday. And I start that Albanian kind of cleaning on your hands and knees, scrubbing, yeah. scrubbing the floors. Like, I don't know what we did in there, but it's the clean and we just feel like it's so dirty and we need to clean it that way and bleach, throw bleach everywhere. And your whole Saturday is ruined because by the time you got to the end of it, just the day was over. And like, this is it, like, this is like, I did most of it little by little every day I did something. So if I do it on a Saturday, it's not a lot to do, you know, maybe an hour or two of cleaning and I'm done. Yeah, true. I'm all not giving you any wonderful more. tips. All these <laughs> wonderful tips that we're getting. That's, this is awesome. It's good to, to see that, you know, you're very um, organized. I feel like you're a very organized person. And like, once you set your mind on something, you're like, okay, this is it. And it's a really good 
trait to have. So it's going to, I could see, you know, your continued success and, and I'm excited to see, you know, where, you know, this program is going to go and how it's going to help so many women out there. So tell us a little bit about your organization, Big Open Hearts. How did that kind of get started and why you started it? So, so many years of me doing charity work, um, a lot of the charity work that I did with kids never really ended up on social media because obviously they're kids, most of all. And I didn't feel like we should really talk about it or hype it up or, you know, um, make it such a big deal. And in years of planning and helping and working with different organizations, I decided to, this is my calling. I want to focus on the children. The fact that I am a mother, my heart beats different now for, for ch- children. I want to find a way to help them. What Big Open Hearts is doing, and I, I always say this, Big Open Hearts is not me. I could be the founder. Big Open Hearts is all the donators, all the volunteers, and every single person that actually spreads the word. Because some people can't have don't have the money to donate. Some people don't know what to do in certain situations, but that share, that spreading awareness is what's really helping. We closed 2020 with our first and biggest case ever. Uh, We were able to get justice for a 15 year old and put away four people. Was that an accomplishment? Absolutely not. There was a lot more that could have been done that should be done. The fact that it was one step forward to get justice for her through legally, we helped pay legal fees, um, the court fees. We're sending her to private schooling. Also mental stability. We're helping mental stability. What Bigger Open Hearts is trying to do is Find a way to implement, not just helping the child by, I have some money in a GoFundMe account. Some people donated, here you go and call it a day. What Big Open Hearts is trying to do is a step-by-step procedure from helping the legal aspect, the education aspect, the mental stability aspect. But at the same time, if we're educating that child, make sure somehow we find a job security for the family or for the child in the future. We want to be able to place that child in a, in a work position. It's a big project to work on and it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to happen little by little. We could only pick enough cases to help cases. There's plenty of cases every day, every day comes into the platform. If it's not child sexual abuse, it's women abuse which is over a million women in Albania at the moment being abused. What, a million? That's what, oh my God. Wow. Majority of women in Albania are abused at the moment, complaining about abuse at the moment, the ones that have stepped forward, not the ones that have not spoken about it. That's a big number. I just can't help. I can't help everybody if I can't get support. And what I would love from now being in community is if you can't support financially, if you can't donate, that's perfectly fine. 
but I need us to raise the voice and actually really, really spread awareness that it's not a shame that it's happening in the Albanian community. I hear this often. Lady, Albanians don't do this. And I say, Lady will tell you, the whole world does this. Some people just don't talk about it. It happens everywhere in New York, uh, Michigan, Florida, wherever you are, it could happen. But instead of worrying about who did it, where it happened, let's worry about how can we get this solved? How can we help? Yeah. If we wait for the government to work on these cases, if we work, wait for somebody else to work on these cases, it's not. If you find it in your heart that this is something that touches you and you could give it a hand, you could help somehow even spread the spread awareness or share a poster or volunteer an hour a week or something. I think this is something that would be very helpful for the kids Yeah, because you're really saving a life. This is something that really like it hurts my heart to the deepest level. And a lot of times like I have to, and I feel like a lot of people are like this where they're so sensitive in this topic of, you know, anytime I hear children and abuse or children and sexual abuse, like it triggers me to the deepest level where I just get so hurt. Like if just to think about it. And so sometimes in my thing, like I want people, like I appreciate people like you going and founding this organization and getting the word out there and doing it and, and donating. And I want to personally, like, I want to donate as much as I can, but there's a part of me that's like, I can only do so much because like, it hurts me so deeply that like, if I see it too much or I'm too involved in it, or if I say to volunteer, I would love to in my deepest of deep hearts, but then I just get so emotional that I like break down. It's so hard. It's so hard when you open up social media and you go into your DMs and you see videos, pictures, and people calling out for help. But at the same time is, are you just going to sit there and look at it and just hope somebody else takes care of it? There's no other way. For them to end up into my uh, my DMs, it's like, it's like a calling from, from God by saying, come on, I know you could do something. Just get up and do something, anything, anything. Even if I can't do anything, you know, um, I could find some volunteers who could give some therapy for the moment or maybe find some attorneys to consult for the moment. Using our platform to help, even if we don't have the funds for it, it just saddens me. It saddens me that the community has not yet supported these cases because of being ashamed that the world would know that Albanians do such a thing. And it's so hard to explain that it's not Albanians because one person does not determine all the Albanians, you know? One person did this, two people did this. Let's focus a case at a time. Maybe we can't help all the children, but one case at a time and see what that child needs and how we can help that child for the future because that child really, really, really deserves the future. And especially, especially in education and mental stability. Justice, like I said, justice for that child that we're able to bring was not enough. Enough is one day when she's old enough, she could turn around and say, 
I'm a powerful woman today. I have such a such a position in such a such a job, or I own my own business, or I work for such a company. And to me, that's achieving something because her life, like they say um, in Albania, her life is over when certain things like this happen. Because it is over. Once once publicly your name is mentioned that this happened to you, where are you gonna live? Everybody knows you. Albania is very little. They're going to ship you off to live with an aunt where nobody knows you. Pretty soon, somebody's going to just notice you there, right? Where are you going to go? The only way for you to make it is get out of Albania and start somewhere fresh. Wow. And this is where I feel like these children, if they have the opportunity for, prop, for education and, and work with their, with their minds to make sure that we tell them, listen, it happened. That does not determine who you are and what your future brings you. There's more to life. And these children are our future and they could turn around one day and said, hey, we did it. We did it. And that's only going to happen with our help. Yeah. Wow. This is, this is the biggest topic. This is the biggest thing that we can do for, you know, these children and for these people. So thank you so much for founding this place. And I hope that the community keeps, you know, giving back to to this organization to help these kids and these women and whoever is involved in it to just have that story of where they do come back to you and be like you know I'm I'm in a good place now where they're able to finally say that that's oh we will do it one child at a time yes let's do it we're going to do it. We're going to work at it together. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to support as much as I can as well. Um, so I'm always going to try to be there and help as, as much as I can as well, because it is an important thing. Thank you. Um, it means the world to me. So thank you. Um, but this has been such a great conversation. I feel like we got to learn more about Lady and about your story and your journey and what you've done and accomplished so far in your life. You've done so much. I love your whole vibe. You know, you're very hard worker. You're really sweet. And I, you know, you're out there to help others. Like, I feel like that's like your core. (laughs) It is my core one way or another. I want to help someone. If it's business owners, if it's mom, if it's kids, just, it has to be to me, it has to be a solution of some sort. If I sell a product, for example, it's not going to make me sleep right at night. Not that I won't in the future, but helping people find solutions. I'm a big believer of the quote, there's no such a thing as problems. There's only solutions. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't want there to be a problem of some sort. I just want to find, even if there is a problem, just find a solution with it. And I love helping people find these solutions where can uh, the listeners find you the ones that are not already following you and maybe just is the first time that they're learning about you where can they find you at ladyvokshi.com ladyvokshi pretty much everywhere from linkedin to instagram to facebook um it's all out there if you're looking for bigopenhearts.org to go in there and support the organization to help some children you're more than welcome to um and any of the listeners that come in, 
please, please mention that you um, heard the podcast. I always love actually feedback. So to all the listeners, I would love for you to come back into the platform and give me some feedback. <laughs> this is my first podcast and I would love some feedback and improvements of some sort. <laughs> I think you're, you're very well-spoken and you're really understanding of what you do. And I actually really enjoyed this talk with you. I think you're amazing um, in so many different ways. So I think you did awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. From music to, to business to mom and to business still. <laughs> <laughs> to mom entrepreneurship now they say mom entrepreneur i'm still yeah. trying to get i just i don't like the word uh me and the word super mama are uh at a battle together i think that word super mama has a lot of pressure mm. and it's like a big label to be put on someone because you find yourself by hearing it and especially my sister my husband everything they want to um, get out of the way and, and push towards me. They're like, come on, you're super mama. You got it. And you give yourself that title in your head. Like, I really got it. And then you keep going and keep going until you really crack. You crack. <laughs> you fall down hard because mm -hmm. you're trying to, to live up to that word. And that word is such a, I don't know. I haven't found peace with it. I don't know yet if it's such a bad word. I just personally have not found peace with it yet. Trying to live up to that word. Not mm -hmm. to big word to live up mm. to and I don't want to be titled as that until I feel like I deserve that and to mm. do to deserve that word I don't want it now because there's too much going on <laughs> yeah I can see that yeah I never really thought of it that way but now that you mention it it does put a lot of pressure on you because you're like well what if I'm not a super mom what if I failed at something or I didn't do something right now you're like ah like in that whole mindset you know moms are the guilt Yes, the mom not being able to be to that level. Did I cook good? Did my child dress well? Did I buy them the right things? There's so much pressure on us on daily. And the label on top of that is just like a cherry on top of the cake. It can't happen. Not, not for me. I don't want that title. Not now. Yeah. I get it often and, and I look at it and I say, <sighs> breathe. <laughs> This is not, this is not for me, but I don't know why instantly, as soon as I hear that title, I just give myself an extra push. And at times it works out well for me. At times it works out well. I got this. I'm a super mom. If I'm saying it to myself. Yes. But when someone says it to me, then they don't, I don't know when they're saying it. Is it the right time and they're saying it? it could be the wrong time. And if it's the wrong time and where I'm under pressure and I'm working so much and I'm doing so many things and somebody comes in and says super mom, or I open up. Facebook or Instagram or text message, super mom. And like, oh, like my day wasn't enough. I'm a super mom. I have to get all these things done. Yes. And yep. It builds that pressure up. Like maybe I need to do more. I have to get, do, get this all done. Cause I'm a super mom, you know, I can fly around and finish this house clean up in 10 minutes. Um, but yeah, I think we can go into so many different topics when it comes to yes. like mom life and momhood. Um, but we from, have to leave it for another time. We have to leave it for another time. <laughs> there, it would be good to have another time to have more of like a discussion on a specific topic too one day in the future. That would be nice. Yeah, I would so. love to. I thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you are enjoying this episode, please give me a five-star review. Leave a comment um, and a review on Apple Podcasts. Follow and subscribe to uh, the podcast and anywhere you listen to our podcast episodes. I really appreciate you so much for listening. Um, also connect with me on Instagram at Bota Podcast. You can check out all the different clips, get more information on the guests, connect with the community there that we're building. Also have a lot of great things coming in the next couple weeks so stay tuned there all the announcements will be made on the instagram page and i look forward to sharing more with you in the weeks to come thanks so much catch you next time